It's the Ambiguously Blind Podcast with your host, a guy that's great at hearing, but terrible at listening, John Grimes. Hey, 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 and welcome back to the Ambiguously Blind Podcast. This will be a uh, second episode from our previous episode of the Question and Answer with Ambiguously Blind. I have Aaron here once again. Aaron, welcome back to the studio. Hi, thanks. You're still happy to be here? I'm very happy to be here. I had fun last time. This is fun. Maybe I'll start my own podcast. Well, maybe you should. <laughs> what would you talk about, you think? I have no clue. Wouldn't be about like Aggie sports or anything? Because that, that'd be a quick podcast. <laughs> Not many episodes there. Yeah. A one and a f- Ooh, maybe five minutes. That would be lengthy for me. Yeah, okay. I don't know. Let's see. The last time we um, ended our question and answers segment, we were talking about how we met and dating. You remember that? Oh, yeah. There was an interesting ending to that podcast. Well, it's kind of like a hook, you know, to keep people listening. (laughs) You think it worked? Oh, yeah. Well, I guess we'll find out. So where were we when we ended you were saying that you had an out to our date, which I was not aware of this. But I'm also surprised that you didn't have an out because prior to our first date, we, we had, to go back a little bit, we had met through a homeless shelter. <laughs> Volunteering at the homeless shelter. Well, we weren't. Friends and family were. Yeah, so we just heard of each other in passing, and we hadn't seen each other, so there's no visual for either of us, really, right? Correct, but I feel like we had, in conversations, had described ourselves to one another. Well, yeah, probably. I mean, I said I was six foot four and a soccer player, but you didn't believe me, so how was I to believe you? I mean, you said you were five foot nine and a supermodel. <laughs> I did not. I believe I said I was 5'4 on a good day with, I don't even remember what my hair looked like back then. It was definitely brown. It's still brown. <laughs> a little bit of gray in it now. <laughs> Long. I don't remember it that way. I've, I remember 5'9 supermodel. <laughs> That's what you wanted to hear. Sorry to disappoint. <laughs> So either way, we hadn't seen each other in in the person yet. Correct. So there was still a question. And yes, I I will admit I had an out. Like if I didn't, the personality and everything, we were doing really well with that. So there was no reason for. What were you going to do? I don't know. Would you have just left? Like, I got to go to the bathroom and then never come back. Yeah, I crawled out the <laughs> bathroom window at the restaurant. Sure. Because you lived. Yeah, very close to the restaurant we were at. So within, I could have easily done that. Yeah. Like, you, your apartment complex was practically next to the restaurant that we were. You think I did that by accident? <laughs> well, now that all this is coming out, it all makes sense. Let's pick it up there. We talked on the phone 
We emailed for a few weeks. Talked on the phone. We had a pretty good understanding. Email, texting. And I think we understood our personalities. Right. I was a six foot four former soccer player that was visually impaired. We knew that. And you were a five foot nine supermodel. We all understood that. (laughs) But then we had to meet in person. So how did that go? Well, I mean, it was a blind date. I felt like because we... Yeah, it was a blind date in, in more than one sense, right? Yes. But I feel like I knew you a little bit because we had communicated so much over the phone and through email and conversation. So it was a blind date, but I'd been on a one blind date before, and it was in college, and it was awful. I said I would never go on another one. That's probably why I told our friend... Carrie, who was in charge of getting us together. But I got to think about it. That was part of it, too, because the blind day was just, oh, it was awful. I was like, I'm not doing this again. So I needed to think about it. Did your friend Amanda have anything to add to that? About me going out with you? Yeah. I don't remember, but I'm sure everyone was like, just go. Have fun. What do you got to lose? So, I mean, giving it, you know, given it's a first date, you know me, I'm, I worry, I get nervous, so I was nervous, and as I'm driving to the restaurant, I'm just getting more and more nervous, and plus, I don't know who I'm looking for, so add the anxiety and, you know, the nerves of going out with someone for the first time that I've never met really and then not knowing what you look like. So besides a devastatingly <laughs> handsome six four soccer player. Right. <laughs> and so I get there and I park and just I'll, to set the scene a little bit, it was a you had to park a little bit of, a little ways away. Yeah. I mean it's a popular the, the objective was for us to meet at the front door. Yeah, and it's, a, I don't know if it was a Friday or a Saturday. Was it, yeah? No, I feel like it was like the middle of the week or something. It wasn't a, wasn't a week. Oh, yeah, because I was on summer vacation. For, I wasn't, yeah, so it was summer for me. Wasn't ver- real busy. Right. Yeah, you're right. It might have been like a Tuesday. Anyway, so I park and I'm walking up. And I, to this day, will say, you were purposefully sitting down so that I could not tell the height of you. I, I just feel like that's what you were doing. You disagree and said that is not the case, but I feel like you were sitting down on purpose. Yeah, I don't remember it that way. I think if I was sitting, which you said I was. You were sitting, like, yeah. Yeah, you were sitting. Not in a chair. It was just on a little ledge type thing outside that you could sit on. Yeah, well, maybe I've been there for like 15 minutes waiting. Uh, I don't run late typically, so I'm sure that I was on time. You were too early. You were really anxious to meet me. I was. And if you don't think I was a little, you know, nervous, then that's... 
It was the same way. <laughs> so there, you know, it was pretty crowded. It was enough to where, I mean, there were quite a few people outside. It's a popular area to go out, have drinks and movie theater and restaurants. So there were people out there. Yeah, it was it was happening place. Yeah. It just wasn't not a Friday or Saturday, crazy, but, but it was, it was enough busy. people were yeah. out there that I'm I am walking up and I'm looking for someone, a man who is by himself. And I see you. Who you think is me. Who I think is you. And I was nervous. So I walk up. And it was my mistake. I should have said, hi, are you John Grimes? But I did not do that. What did you say? I said, hi. And you look up. And I said, because you were, as your word, dinking around on your phone. And you look up. And with just very serious look on your face. No smile, nothing. You just look up, look at me, and say no. And put your head back down, and you start messing with your phone. And then I'm just dying inside. I'm mortified. I'm just embarrassed. I'm like, what am I doing? (laughs) I don't know who I'm looking for. So I'm like, I said, okay, sorry. And I start to walk off. And you grabbed my hand and you said, I'm just kidding. I'm John Grimes to let me know that you really are John Grimes and not some crazy person just hanging out looking for a woman. (laughs) So that kind of broke the ice. Uh, The nerves were gone at that point. I was relieved to have found you and not having to walk up to five other people asking if you were John Grimes. I wonder if that was the intention, though. I mean, we're talking about an out last time. Whether I did or not have one. And again, as you mentioned, we had not visually seen each other yet. And of course, not all of us are playing on an equal playing field. So we may need to get a full 360 view of the person (laughs) that we're meeting before we decide that we want to engage in this discussion. So you saw my front side and you wanted me to walk off so you could see my backside? I just wanted to get a full 360 view. <laughs> Let's just say it that way. To make sure I knew what I was, who I was talking to. <laughs> and I think your uh, grandmother agreed with me. Did she not? Nana, once once Nana, describing this. Nana did. She remembers it. She always talks about it. Fondly, I think. <laughs> yes. Well, she always has a smile on her face when she Nana's, recalls. Nana's a jokester, too. That's why she loves you so much. I mean, plus you're just a good guy. But she's got a great sense of humor. She likes to joke around, so she gets you. And maybe it was an icebreaker for the evening, because I think the evening went pretty well. It went very well. We had some Mexican food. Really good Mexican food. Then we went to, that's when I found out your obsession with Starbucks. There's a Starbucks right next door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, so just to go a little deeper into that, we went to Starbucks. I, we'd finished our dinner, which went pretty well. Yeah. I recall. And there was a Starbucks, so we decided to continue the uh, discussion. And we were standing in line, and you pulled out your wallet. 
Not my wallet. My Your gift card wallet. My or your, gift card wallet. <laughs> the, the bounty of <laughs> the treasure chest. And you were swiping through what must have been like 20 Starbucks gift cards. I remember I had about $100 worth of gift cards to Starbucks. And I, I joke saying that you were. Because I did, back then I didn't go to Starbucks. It was, I didn't know how to order. It kind of just, again, stressed me out of like, I don't know how to order at Starbucks. I don't know what to get. I wasn't a big coffee person at the time. Uh, and so I had all these Starbucks cards and um, amongst other gift cards because I taught at a very wonderful school and had a wonderful PTA and the parents pampered us. So we always got gift card, you know, holidays and teacher appreciation and all that had all these gift cards. So Starbucks was a popular. Are you a big coffee drinker now? Because of you, yes. That's my fault. It's your fault. My doing, anyway. Yep. Okay, well, I do. I will admit that as you were thumbing through all these <laughs> gift cards, I was like... <laughs> Cha-ching! Hey, <laughs> we should at least do a couple more dates. Oh, yeah, thanks. Use me for my money, for all my money. <laughs> it's one of the things my uh, grandfather always told me, marry for money, <laughs> and love will come eventually. <laughs> Which one? My dad's. Oh. Because <laughs> I could see either one of them saying that. Probably more since you and your dad and brother have the same personalities. That makes sense that it would be him. Yeah, I, I think it's good advice. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, honey. Because <laughs> that's what he did. You married a school teacher. <laughs> so I'm a lot like him in that regard. So it all worked out well for us in the end. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. But I think the evening went went pretty well. It was a lot of fun. We uh we ended it I mean, we didn't end at Starbucks. We we surpassed Starbucks. We had our coffee or whatever we had. Took a little walk. Took a walk. And we ended up at a, another place. And before we called in the evening, I think it was, I want to, I would say that if the evening started at maybe say seven, seven thirty, it probably ended at like 10, 10 30. Yeah. It was a good three hour date and the conversation flowed. And I feel like that was because I just kind of, I felt like I knew you a little bit Sure. because it had been a month of communication and there were no visual issues with, um, you know, what I look like or apparently what you look like or anything like that. So Correct. Everybody, everybody was on board. Yeah. And we got it around okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And here we are, what, 50 years later. It's been a fun ride. I mean, you say that and we have our anniversary coming up. We do. It'll be very soon. It'll be 52 years. <laughs> I'm rounding. <laughs> How many years will it be? Nine. Yes. Feels like fifty-two. Which is a great thing. That's just how in the in the in the zone we are. How do you compare our love? A supermassive black hole? I like to say our love is like 
a super massive black hole. <laughs> There's no ending. It goes on forever. Oh, yeah. Sure, that's what you mean. That's what I mean. I don't know. May not be how you perceive it. That's what I mean. Okay, well, that's the how we met story. I, we, I don't know if that was one of the questions. It was not. But we did you, talk. It was dating. You we, threw that in. Yeah, so it was, it was talking about dating, and that took us down that rabbit hole. <laughs> that massive black hole. Super massive, <laughs> if you will. Okay, well, let's move on to another question. If indeed there are any other. There are a lot of questions. Okay. We have a well, let's keep going. Let's, lot to go through. Let's switch it up a little bit. Give me um, give me something new. Okay. This is from your friend Brandon. He would like to know. He wrote in and said, do you know or do you have a confident idea where you were and how you contracted the meningitis that took your vision? No is the, the quick answer. It was uh, meningitis, bacterial meningitis, meningococcal, to be specific, was the strand. And no, I don't know where I contracted it other than I was in um, Lubbock, Texas at the time. So generally that's where it happened. But from who or by who or where specifically I contracted the meningitis strand that I had I do not know the answer. I do know that it's wildly contagious. Right. Which is a little strange because I don't know anybody else that had it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, you had roommates. You went to class. You did go to class, didn't you? As far as this audience <laughs> knows. So you had roommates. You had classmates. You had extracurricular activities. You had a girlfriend at the time. Your friends had girl. I mean, you, your friends. I mean, and nobody else got it. Yes, that's correct. I Crazy. mean, there were. I was in a fraternity. Yeah, roommates. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, inter, intramural sports. Crazy to me. And other, lots of other people. I was, you know, come in contact with you regularly. Yeah, and your roommates were there. At the worst, I mean, they could have very easily. Yes, they were there. It. Yes, I had two roommates at the time, and uh, you know, anywhere in the place we were living, sure. I mean, it's an apartment in college. It wasn't massive. It wasn't big. No. So, it just is so strange to me. I mean. Very lucky that nobody else got it, but... Yeah, of course. There, I mean, there were... Once it was determined that that's what was that, what I had contracted, there was a pretty massive campaign to yeah. help inoculate people from it retroactively, but nobody on the campus had any... I was the, I was the, the lucky one. But those people that you knew that you had come into contact with, they took medicine. A lot of them describe it as a horse pill, but it yeah. was some sort of antibiotic or something that that they did a tracing, you know, like now we know about contact tracing with right. COVID-19, um, about who I'd come in contact with and anybody that was remotely close to me was contacted and advised to come to the 
I don't know if it was the hospital or the medical facility on campus to take some sort of um, treatment. Horse pill. Horse pill to make sure that they didn't also catch the the meningococcal. So is bacterial, this may be a silly question, is bacterial meningitis always spinal bacterial meningitis? Is that? Yeah, I think so. I don't really know. We need to get a medical expert involved in that. And I do know some people like that, so perhaps in a we'll have some Q&A with some medical experts regarding this. But there is a difference between bacterial and viral right. meningitis. Bacterial's worse. It is. I can't tell you why, other than it's bacteria versus a virus. And generally, viruses are treated more easily because um, I, I do know somebody that has had viral meningitis. And their symptoms were some more similar to the flu. They were hospitalized. But you can't take anything for a virus, right? It just kind of goes away on its own? I don't know the answers to that. But I, what I do know is the person that it, it actually ironically happened within 12 or 18 months of, of my interaction. <gasps> a friend of mine's sister. Sister. That's right. Got it. Yeah. And so uh, she was hospitalized. Mm-hmm. But to know there was really no you said this was about a year after you got sick yes wow they're not related to me and it was the viral strand not the bacterial strand so i don't know i i need to visit with some people that are more knowledgeable on specifically on meningitis and then maybe some medical people that can give differences between the two but nobody else during my interaction with it had any illness or any 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 interaction with uh, meningitis. Okay. Brandon, he didn't go to Texas Tech? He did not. Okay. He's a bear. Ah. Uh, we don't hold that against him, though. I kind of do. Just kidding. <laughs> okay. Man, just crazy how that works. Nobody else got it. Just Okay. This is from... You ready to move on? Let's do it. Okay. This is from your friend Kelly. Our friend Kelly. Yeah, these are all our Our friends. friends. Yeah. Yeah. This kind of goes along with the whole college thing. She said, back in college, I remember wondering about the pain you were in. Do you remember getting a spinal tap? She says, probably not. Do you remember any pain from it? If so, what things caused your actual physical pain at the time and what things had longer lasting pain? Did the damage to your eyes ever hurt? Okay, so there's a few things there. We'll just talk about physical pain for this one because I think that's what she's asking about. Yeah. And was there physical pain... Not really. I don't know where to begin, but I was in a a coma for six or seven days. And so from that, during that period, I know nothing, which is when the spinal tap occurred. Mm -hmm. So I don't know anything about that. Have you ever had a spinal tap? I've had an epidural. I think that's pretty similar. Did that hurt? 
Um, there was a little, I wouldn't say it hurt, no. I mean, because I numb you, but it was more of a, kind of like a sting. Like, not a sting and a little bit of burning. Okay, well, I was unconscious, so I didn't know anything about it. So, to the answer of, was there any pain associated with the spinal tap? No. I think it happened actually two times. It definitely happened once, and I think it happened twice. And I have no memory of that. Yeah, two spinal taps? I think so. One to initially check, and then another one to... Just to test if confirm it was, yeah. That the, the initial one was to see if the it was indeed bacterial meningitis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the second one was to see if the... Because the, the meningitis is going to be in the spinal fluid and the brain fluid, which is right. basically the same stuff. Right. So they're, what they're looking for there is to see what kind of, if it was infected or not. And that, that's it. That's an easy way for them to tell. Otherwise, tapping into the, the skull would be another way to get the, the fluid, but the um, apparently the spinal cord is easier. So they did one in the beginning and at the end? I don't know the exact time frame, but they did one at the onset and then one after onset to determine what change had occurred. So you said the spinal fluid is the same as the brain fluid? Is that what you said? My understanding is that the fluid that that is within the spinal cavity and the cranial cavity is all kind of the same stuff. So is that what caused your swelling of the brain, which caused the damage to your optic nerves? So... The damage to my vision or the change to my vision was caused by, I think it's called neuropathy, Mm -hmm. which is damage to just general damage to nerves. But in the spinal, in the cranial fluid, there was a lot of, because of the infection, there was a good deal of inflammation and swelling. And that caused my cranial cavity to expand I think there was a a good discussion about whether they needed to drill open my cranial cavity to release the pressure Pressure. and it was the pressure in the in the cranial cavity that shut off circulation to the optic nerves of of my optic nerves which are the I I call it the HDMI cable Mm -hmm. from Hmm. your from the brain to, yeah. to the eye, which is the, the cable that connects the brain to the eye and transfers information that the eye sees to the brain. So my eye themselves, my eyes themselves were not affected directly. Right. My brain, this is arguable, <laughs> wasn't affected directly. <laughs> we could argue that a lot. <laughs> what is definite is that my optic nerves were affected and it was by mostly by circulation being cut off to the to the nerves themselves which as an extension of the brain are cells that don't regenerate so when the circulation was cut off the cells died and i am left with what i am left with and in, in my case my right eye is completely blind and my left eye has the 2300 vision so Presumably the swelling on the right side of my skull was 
more severe than the when than it was on the left side. Yeah. So really no pain. I mean, your eyes didn't hurt or anything after the fact. I don't remember any, really any pain. Now, there was lots of other things, but from a pain perspective, I don't remember a lot of pain. Because you had to learn how to walk again, swallow. Yeah, there were a lot of... So I wouldn't think... Neurological that. things that, because the the nerves in the spine are, are primarily affected, and that, which is the, you know where all the spine, all the nerves come into. So there were a lot of things that were affected by it, but pain was not generally something associated with. Would my, you say like stiffness, or I mean, because you had to do physical therapy, was that? I mean, that would be was that painful? Maybe more painful just because you're using muscles and you're trying to build your muscle back. I, no, I wouldn't call classify it as painful. I would have classified as difficult or right. That's how I it's see kind it. Kind of too. like you know, like the muscles in my face weren't all firing correctly. Mm-hmm. So it was more of a more of like, why can't I smile or open my eyelid? So it was more, I mean, that's not a pain thing. Right. You couldn't smile? A, yeah, that's correct. Oh, so the, the my facial muscles, my eyelid for sure, my smile, my swallow mechanism were all, for lack of a better term, out of whack. So did that all come back naturally or did you have therapy, like physical? I had physical therapy in the hospital. I had all kinds of therapy, really. I had physical I had cognitive, I had occupational after things, after we started moving. I mean, I couldn't sit up in bed. Right. That was difficult. It wasn't painful. I mean, I guess it was kind of painful in the sense that it was difficult. So, right. I mean, I, I can remember that. Well, I mean, it was probably, I was in a laying position in the hospital bed, but they would ask me to sit up. And I can remember my bottom my butt being it just felt weird well, you sit, have, to sit up like there was, was that just, because you have i mean because you have loss of feeling too on certain certain areas yeah so is that nerve, because of that i don't think so i do okay. have some some nerve endings that don't they don't fire like they're supposed to mm-hmm. as a result but no i can just remember because i it's it's the same I mean, it's different now. I mean, I can just remember at the time they sit up and I'd only be able to sit up for like what seems like maybe a minute, probably was closer to like 20 seconds. Yeah. And then it would be uncomfortable and then I'd lay down. It's kind of like an exercise where I'd just keep gradually getting back to somewhat normal. So was it painful? No. It's more difficult and There was a lot of uncomfortable things that weren't necessarily associated with pain. Pain. But certainly way frustrating and way bizarre because it's not anything I'd ever, it was never an issue to sit up in bed before that, you know? Right. So, or swallow or keep my eyes open or, you know, those are just normal things that prior to this weren't even a consideration, so... Okay, 
Your next question is from good old Drew. He says, one of the things I'd love to hear you talk about throughout your sickness, recovery, adaptation, every time I asked you how you were doing, you would always respond, I'm tremendous. I knew that you were not actually tremendous as most people would define tremendous, but I also knew that this was a choice and I respected you for the determination that underlay this description. I know that you were not trying to paint a false picture of recovery or life, so can you speak more on why, even if life wasn't tremendous, you still decided to respond that way? That's a good question, and it's, it is true. Uh, it was a choice, and I think the word, first of all, the word tremendous is a great word. Your dad loves that word. He does, which is where I got it. <laughs> I know. And it is a mindset. It is a sense of being. And there were many, many, many times where things were far less than close to tremendous. Mm-hmm. But I think it is a... It's a frame of reference. It's a frame of mind. It's the optimistic view of things. It's, I mean, things are tremendous when things are tough, when you are still alive and kicking. I mean, you put things into, you have a different frame of reference. You have a different context for lots of different things. So what may be tremendous for somebody may not be tremendous for another. Right. Right. So I always feel like and at that time felt like I was on the road to recovery things will be better we're headed in the right direction I'm doing the the things I need to do to be where I want to be and so to me and my environment that I was raised and and living in at the time was what other way is there to look at it there's not another way to look at it. So it's all forward. It's all positive. It's all good. So it it wasn't to paint a rosy picture or a false narrative of what was going on because I think people knew what was going on. And I would tell people what's going on. So I wasn't hiding those elements. But I think I was just taking the optimistic point of view of moving in the right direction and, and where I want to go with what I'm doing. And it was it was a long road. Right. To travel. So um I believe it and and it, to this day I still think it's the right way to think. It is. It's can sometimes be a hard way to think. But you always are that way. It's one of the reasons why many many reasons why I love you. But that's one of the reasons why you always are just such a positive, optimistic, glasses half full, not half empty kind of person. And you would have had every right to have not felt that way. But that's not who you are. And your parents aren't that I mean, your parents aren't that way. Your grandparents were not that way. I mean, they were just always 
your parents and, you know, your brother, everybody in your family is just always, your aunt, I mean, everybody that I know is just always so optimistic and so positive. And I tend to think that that's the way to do it. It is. But you were in a very, I don't want to say dark place, but I mean, you almost didn't make it. I mean, you were very close to not being here. So, and then maybe that, you know, that was the reason why you kept saying, I'm tremendous because of that, because you were so close to not being here. I think if you put it in that context, then it's hard to argue with that. That so, li- yeah. I'm here. I survived this horrific illness. And yeah, I, I... Of which I really don't remember anything about. It happened essentially overnight. Yeah, but you had life-changing effects from it. Pretty dramatic. Yeah. So... So there's really... There's two ways to go. It's the woe is me kind of thing, which right. there's a, believe you me, I've, I've done that and do that. But there's also the forge ahead. We'll figure it out. Everything will be fine. Life's right. tremendous. Keep moving. Yeah. Attitude to take. And that by and large is what keeps me moving. Yeah. I like it. Me too. <laughs> I need a shirt that says tremendous. You do. Oh, your dad would love it. You should get him for his birthday. It's a good idea. Because he wears the John Grimes fan t-shirt all the time. And that's pretty fictional. <laughs> so if I could get him something that was real. That's actually. Imagine that. Yeah. Ooh. So I don't know. You may check out Teespring for tremendous shirts they might be there yes or or find a uh a tweet we are tweeting by the way we are yes <laughs> of course the website's ambiguouslyblind.com and for short it's amblind a m b l i n d dot com and on twitter it's similar to that it's a m B B L I N D. So at A M B B L I N D. And I'm gonna we're gonna tweet a picture of the the picture you so oh, well described. Oh the date that in our previous ah, yeah, episode about the, the Q and A about the picture that you saw of me and still agreed to continue forward in dating or getting to know me better. So we've tweeted that. That's out there. And then we do have some shirts as well to help support the the channel and keep things going. And there's some Ambiguously Blind merch that's available at ambiguouslyblind.com. And you'll see the tremendous shirt there along with, nice. with others. So I want one. Let's see if we can make a way that find a way to make that happen. <laughs> I would so wear that. It's awesome. It's exciting. Yeah, I think things are I think things are moving here. I think we're having a good discussion. I don't know if, if the people wanted to know this much about you and me particularly, but they're getting it. They got it. All right. 
So your next question is from Amanda, our friend. Did your illness and loss of vision change your faith? Good now question. That, that is a good question. Amanda's got some good ones. Amanda's, she she gave some really good questions. She, and many of them. And she gave a lot of questions. Prolific. She put, she put a lot of thought into it. Way to go, Amanda. I don't know if her husband did. <laughs> This wasn't as profound, but in his defense, given the opposite, I don't think mine would have been very profound. No, yours would have been the exact same way because that's, again, how your personalities are. So did my faith change? Mm -hmm. Is that the question? Did your illness and loss of vision change your faith? Did you practice more, practice less? Uh, Generally speaking, it did not change my faith. Prior Prior to this, I'm Christian still am and immediately at the onset it probably put i don't know it's it's maybe hard to describe that but it probably put faith kind of on the in the back of my mind but also at the front of my mind because there's lots of questions that you just wonder i guess maybe what it it probably did was it really made me wrestle with lots of questions regarding why things happen to certain people or at certain times or certain things that will happen. And I did a lot of exploration into that. This is probably a topic for a whole nother discussion, primarily about faith. In particular, what was going on at the time. But as I said, it I didn't understand anything for sure. And it, it it made me, you know, it's it's interesting because the the question we had prior to this was from from our friend Drew, mm-hmm. and he's one of the people that I have leaned on and gotten lots of support from since about faith and 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 lots of different elements of that and. It's it 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 is something that I certainly struggle with at the time, and in in certain part struggle with to this day about you know things that happen and why they happen and when they happen and those things. I'm 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 mostly satisfied with the answers from those, but there are still some things that that come up from time to time, and in in general, I think it made me take a much deeper and more profound look at at faith, and in the end. It strengthened my resolve and my understanding for faith and what I believe and my the strength that I have in, in leaning on the teachings from the Bible and in, in our Savior Jesus and the things that are available for us to, to tap into that to, to more greatly understand that realm of of things but did it change my faith i guess maybe the answer is no but it it sort of changed it in the sense that it it made it much deeper and sent me down a path of more searching and for meaning and and understanding and things that i thought i knew but wanted more clarity and 
a deeper understanding on. Yeah. As I mean, hearing how you are talking about it right now and, you know, you're saying that you had questions about it, that, you know, some are still unanswered or you come back to them from time to time. When I heard your story for the first time, and it's too long to go into, but when you shared, it was after a few dates, I hadn't asked you anything about how you got sick, and you brought it up. And, you know, if you got any questions about the loss of my vision or anything. So I think it was that night you shared your story about, you know, leading up to you getting sick and the day that you, I mean, all of these little details of like your apartment door being unlocked and it was normally locked. I mean, all these little details that came together the way that they did. It is, it's a, and I've said it before, it is a God story. I mean, he, your time here wasn't done, obviously. And it, it gives me chills every time that I think about it because with one, I mean, it could have taken that door of your apartment being locked and you wouldn't be here. But it was all of these pieces that to me are a, are a puzzle that God had laid out and he had all of those puzzle pieces fit together so that you could still be here and to do your work here. And I think that it's just, I think it's an amazing story. And I'm not just saying that because I'm your wife. I just truly think that your story is amazing. And, I mean, you can look at it as your, you know, your faith could have changed from that. But I I look at it, which you said it didn't, and I know that it didn't. It could have for many people, but you're that positive person who always sees the positives and things. But as an outsider who it, it didn't happen to, it's just... It's a God thing. I mean, he just, he was, he was there that day. He was, I mean, he's always there, but I mean, he was really there those days leading up to that and just, I don't know. It's just a, it's a great story. I think it is a pretty good story. And that's where we'll pick it up for the next episode of Questions and Answers with ambiguously blind, but there were several instances, especially around the faith element of things that, that happened that are somewhat unexplainable, somewhat miraculous. Oh, truly miraculous. I think are interesting. Yeah. Which leads into, I mean, this is a great question, which we'll, I was going to say we could lead into as well. What I'm just curious. I'm, ready to hear what you would say this is from your friend Jeff what advice would you give 17 18 19 year old John if he only had 15 minutes (laughs) 
because your life drastically changed. So I'm just curious, you know, just to hear what you would say. Because as a teenager, as a kid, basically, you're invincible. You don't think anything is going to happen to you. And then all of a sudden, you're in a hospital bed fighting for your life where you almost died. And so you have a totally different, like you said, a totally different perspective on things. And you look at things a lot differently when you go through something like that. So what would you tell good old 17-year-old John? Boy, we'll talk about that on the next episode, but the 17-year-old John Grimes was, he was something. (laughs) I bet he was. He was a good guy. I'm sure he was. He was something. I know he was. But I've heard stories. (laughs) Thanks for spending time with the Ambiguously Blind podcast. Please rate and write a review wherever you subscribe. And for a complete transcript of this episode, connect and share with us at ambiguouslyblind.com.